You know, of all the heroes of the Bible, one of my very favorite is Joshua. Joshua just seems to be one of those guys who had a passion for seeking and following the Lord. And it displayed itself throughout his lifetime. Joshua was one of those people who got to see God doing some amazing things in so many ways. Whether it was during the wilderness journey or whether it was as they conquered the promised land. As he led the people. As he followed Moses. As he stepped forward and took his own place. He was always one of those people that God could use in amazing ways. He was equally willing to lead the way or to support another person. He was willing to step out when others would back away. He trusted God when it didn't seem like there was any real reason to trust at all. And every step of the way, he sought the Lord to guide his steps and his leadership. Of all the things we learn about in reading the book of Joshua, though, I believe that the day came when Joshua faced a turning point that would define his life from that day forward. It was not when he was sent into the promised land as one of the 12 spies, one of the two who came back and said, God can use us in a powerful way to claim the land. It was not when Moses died and God called Joshua to step forward and become the leader of the Hebrew people. It was not when they crossed the Jordan River and began the conquest of the promised land. The turning point took place when the Lord forced Joshua to make a decision that would transform his relationship with God for the rest of his life. And that's what we read together this Uh, just a few moments ago in our scripture. It was about that time when Joshua faced an unexpected encounter on the road to Jericho. Now understand something. Jericho was going to be the first great challenge that God's people faced as they began the conquest of the promised land. It was a huge walled city, well defended, filled with people who were ready to fight back as they faced an enemy. It seemed almost impossible to conquer. The way to claiming what God had promised was going to lead them straight through Jericho. Joshua didn't know how in the world they were going to defeat them. But he did know this, unless Jericho was conquered, then they were stopped. They could not begin their conquest of the promised land without going through Jericho. It lay square in the path between the people of God and the promise that God had made to them. So as they came upon Jericho, as they were on the outskirts of that city, looking at those great walls and trying to figure out what in the world to do, Joshua was struggling. God has just given me the responsibility for leading these people. He's made it possible for us to cross the Jordan River. We are standing on the the land that God had promised to us, but we can't go any further unless God does something with Jericho. I can imagine as the incident that the Bible describes took place that maybe it was the end of the day, the sun was beginning to set. The people were settled in their camp and Joshua walked into the outskirts of the camp in order to begin to think about what can I do? Lord, how am I going to lead these people past Jericho? How in the world are we going to find a way to conquer this great people? 
and begin to move into the promised land. Suddenly, as he was there thinking, the Bible says Joshua realized he wasn't alone. There was somebody else there, somebody he did not know and had never seen before. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him. In other words, he was directly in Joshua's way. There was no way to avoid him. There was no way to go around him. Joshua was going to have to deal with this man face to face. Not only that, as they drew closer to one another, Joshua recognized this man was dressed as a warrior and he was carrying a sword. And Joshua didn't know exactly what was going on. Where did this man come from? What are his motives? What am I going to have to do about this person? You see, this meeting that Joshua had was no accident. This was part of the plan. This was a divine appointment that God had made with Joshua. And as he stood and as he looked at this man, Joshua was compelled to ask a critical question. The same question you would ask and I would ask. Are you for us? Are you for our adversaries? Here I am. I'm looking at this city. I'm recognizing Jericho is in my way. And I want to know, are you for us or are you for them? Did you come to help me or to hurt me? Are we going to fight side by side? Or do I need to draw my own sword and begin the battle right here, right now? Tension filled the air. What's going to happen next? How is this man going to respond? Are you with us or are you against us? However the man responded, one thing was for sure. Everything was about to change. Whether this man came to say, I brought an army and we're going to assist you. Or whether he was going to say, I've stepped outside the city and I've got a whole group of people waiting for my signal. And we're going to go to war right here, right now. Joshua wasn't sure what was going to happen. This is what the man said, an answer Joshua could never have expected. He said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord. I have come. Are you with us? Or are you with our adversaries? In essence, what the man said was this. I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. I'm on the Lord's side. I have come as the commander of God's army. Can you imagine how Joshua must have failed? I thought that all I had to do was face the people of Jericho. Now, here comes someone, and he says he's commanding God's army. And I still don't know what that means. Is he with us? Is he with them? What's going to happen next? For this commander, serving God was the only thing that mattered. And it was at that point that Joshua experienced the most important turning point of his life everything would be different after that moment and here's the only question that mattered whose side was Joshua going to choose he'd always assumed that when God put him in charge that meant he would be the one in charge that Joshua would be expected to make the decisions 
that he would give the commands that every critical choice would be dependent upon Joshua. And people were going to depend on him. They needed his courage. They needed his wisdom. They needed his judgment if they were going to take possession of the land that God had promised to them. But at that moment, Joshua realized something. His own leadership was never going to be enough. If he trusted himself, he was going to fail. Instead, God was looking for a leader who was willing to be a follower. The commander had been sent to force a decision. You see, Joshua realized you don't need to ask if God is on your side. Instead, all that matters is, are you on the Lord's side? side who's going to make the decision in your life before the first enemy was faced of the first battle fought Joshua settled the issue of lordship he said I will follow the Lord I will fight on his side what does the Lord say to his servant? May be the most compelling prayer that Joshua would pray for his entire life. What does the Lord say to his servant? How is God going to lead me? He chose the path of personal surrender. That would be the trademark for the rest of his life. Joshua would lead his people as a surrendered servant of God. It was not about his own leadership. It was not about his own judgment. It was not about his own ego. It was not about his own pride. It was not about his battle strategies. It was not about the plans that he would have. It was all about what does God want me to do? That has to be the most powerful question that any of us can ever ask of the Lord. What does the Lord say to his servant? And there on the plain before the, that great city of Jericho, Joshua made that decision. Whatever may happen next, I don't have a clue. How is God going to do this? I do not know, but this is what I know. I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Not to my adversaries. Lord, I surrender to you. Joshua learned immediately how life-changing that prayer was going to be because now it was time to face those people of Jericho. And he had to ask the Lord, so what's the strategy? What are we going to do? How are we going to fight these people? How are we going to overcome this mighty city? And God said, well, I've got a plan, Joshua. This is what I want you to do. Beginning tomorrow morning, I want you to get all the people together. We're going to get the priest, and they're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and everybody's going to walk around the city of Jericho. Great plan, Lord. And then what? Then you go back to your tent. Okay. What happens next? Well, the second day, I want you to get up, I want you to get the Ark of the Covenant and the priest, and they're going to lead the people, and you're going to circle the city of Jericho. Okay, and then it all happens, right? Then you go back to your tents. And I want you to do that again. 
on a third day and on a fourth day and on a fifth day and on a sixth day. I want everybody to get up in the morning. You're going to put the Ark of the Covenant in front of you. The priests are going to lead the way. You're going to walk around the city and then you're going to go back home. Lord, by that time, don't you think those people inside those walls are just going to be laughing at us? Yeah, 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 but Joshua, that's because they don't understand about the seventh day. Okay, so this is when all the action happens, right? This is when the fight begins. Here's what I want you to do, Joshua. I want you to get the people up. I want you to put the Ark of the Covenant in front of them. I want the priest to lead the way. And you're going to walk around the city of Jericho. Yeah, but we've done that already. Yeah, but this is different. This time, I want you to walk around the city seven times. Okay, and I know what happens next, Lord. At the end of the seventh trip around the city, we go back to our tents and we rest for another night. No, not Joshua, not at all. This is what I want you to do. You're going to walk around the city. You're going to do it seven times. And at the end of seven times, yes. I want you to blow the ram's horns and play the trumpets. But that's not all. And I want everybody to shout. Okay. And then what? Don't worry about then what? Walk around the city, play the trumpets, blow the horns, and everybody shouts. Now I want to tell you something. As a battle strategy, what God commanded was a terrible idea. But as an act of faith, it was just right. And you know the story. They walked around the city seven times. They blew the trumpets. They played the ram's horns. The people shouted. And what happened? The walls came tumbling down. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? The city was defeated. And they never once had to raise a sword. Or begin a battle. When the walls fell, Joshua learned the lesson of a lifetime. The Lord does what he promises to do. Joshua had said, I surrender. You give the commands. I'll obey. You tell me what to do. I'll do it. Even when it doesn't make sense. And when he did, God kept his promise. What a powerful thing happened to Joshua but now here's my question so why is the story of this prayer so important to you and me this morning because I believe God is committed to bringing you and me to the same place as Joshua in your life in our church in the midst of our nation God calls us to faithful surrender and I believe this, God will bring you to a critical turning point and everything you do next is going to depend upon that. There's going to come that time in your life as there comes that time in my life and each of our lives when God says to us, okay, you've got to make a decision. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of your life? Who's in charge of your circumstances? Who's in charge of what's going to happen in your life? Who's in charge? 
And we're going to be tempted to respond to the Lord like Joshua and me. We may want to pray. Well, Lord, are you for me? Are you going to grant my wishes? Are you going to bless my plans? Are you going to make sure nothing bad ever happens to me? Are you going to let me make my own decisions about life? Are you never going to tell me no? God, are you committed to me? Are you committed to making me happy? Because that's the same prayer that a lot of people around us want to pray. Lord, all I want to know is, are you going to be for me? And if that means I'm in charge, I make the decisions, I make the calls. Lord, all I want you to do is make sure that I am safe, warm, well-fed, and happy. And that's all I really want from you. Or you may be tempted to pray, God, are you against me? Why do you let me hurt sometimes? How could you ever let something bad happen to me? Are you mad at me? God, are you against me? Because I've been going through some things that maybe I don't understand. And I'm dealing with experiences and challenges that I never expected I would have to face. And God, I just want to know, are you against me? You may even be willing to pray with the assumption that you are the one who's in charge. He expects me to take care of everything myself. I have to find my own answers. It's up to me to be strong enough, wise enough, good enough to handle whatever comes my way. Are you with me? Are you against me? Have you put me in charge? The truth is none of those prayers are sufficient to guide your life. None of those prayers are ever going to work. God, are you going to give me everything I want? God, are you trying to hurt me? God, are you just leaving me out there all on my own to figure it out for myself? The Lord demands from you exactly the same thing he demanded from Joshua. God never promised to do what you think is right or to give you what you expect. What God promised is something much, much better. What God promised is this. If your prayer is right, he will bless you. If your prayer is right, he will bless you. But you have to understand what a blessing is. A blessing is anything that can only come from, the, from what God alone can do. When you are blessed, that means God is touching you in ways you can never claim, never expect, never anticipate. You receive it and you recognize this is the Lord. The Lord is doing this. If it weren't for him, nothing else would happen. The Lord has blessed me. So what do you have to do to receive a blessing? You have to come to him on his terms. And you know what that means? That means you have to pray in your heart of hearts. As Joshua prayed so long ago. What does the Lord say to his servant? Lord, what are you saying to me? Because whatever you're saying. Before, before anything is said to me. I want you to know. I surrender.
I surrender. Your way, not my way. Your plan, not my plan. I want to do whatever it is that's pleasing to you. Because the Lord is calling you to pray just like Joshua prayed. His surrender was immediate and it was complete. In fact, the Bible describes his surrender as worship. Joshua 5 says, Joshua fell down and worshiped. Because he was lifting up the Lord and giving him the throne. Joshua prayed. What does the Lord say to his servant? Your Lord, I'm surrendered. Show me what to do. And that's the same prayer that we're called on to pray today. Your Lord, I'm surrendered. Show me what to do. It's not about what I think or what I want or what I desire. It's all about your plan, your call, your will. For some of us here today, that act of surrender is an act of surrender that leads to salvation. Because you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know him as your Savior and your Lord. You know about him. You've heard about him. You believe he's there. But there's never been that moment when, like Joshua, you confronted the Lord face to face and said to him, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I trust you for my salvation. And maybe today is a day when it's time for you to give your life to Jesus. And he's speaking to you directly in your heart. And he's not talking to everybody around you. He's talking to you. And you know this is your day to be saved. Or maybe he's speaking to you and he is saying, I want you to plant yourself at First Baptist Church. I want you to join this church. I want you to serve me through this church. You come because I'm telling you to come. Or maybe he's speaking to you about something very specific in your life, an act of very specific surrender. And you know what it is. And he knows what it is. And you may need to come forward and just make a public dedication that whatever the Lord wants me to do, I surrender. Is there a decision you need to make this morning? Let's stand together, let's sing. As we do, you come. <laughs>